Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business, it's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's why you might want to check out State Farm Small Business Insurance. Why? Because State Farm agents are small business owners too, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, Editor-at-Large of Recode. You may know me as someone who looks forward to ignoring CES every year, but in my spare time, I talk tech, and you're listening to Recode Decode from the Vox Media Podcast Network. Today in the red chair is Laura Haddock, the CEO of sex toy startup called Laura DiCarlo. She got a lot of publicity late last year when the trade group that runs CES said it was going to give her company an innovation award at this year's show and then decided to rescind the award because, oops, it was for a sex toy. Laura, welcome to Recode Decode. <laughs> I Thank just, you, I, I, I don't want to make this a comical thing because I do think a lot of technology innovation has happened in, in that industry and it's often been ignored. It's always been at the forefront of internet and digital stuff. And so I, I do want to talk about it. I do know a lot about it. I wrote a lot about it in the early days of the internet and how it sort of was an important part. And it's also not an embarrassing part either necessarily. It sometimes can be lots of things can be embarrassing. Facebook leaving New York is embarrassing, things like that. So let's talk a little bit about what happened. Let's talk about that. I want some history of your company, too, and sure. what went on. So why don't we start with some history of your company and what happened at CES? And I really, truly hate going to CES and have stopped <laughs> doing so. Anyway. Yeah, uh, agreed. Yeah, so we I started the company back in October of 2017, mm-hmm. um, and the idea had been with me for, for years before that. But um, in the span of a year and a half, we went from concept to product prototype in hand, and we're on our bridge to manufacturing. So um, in and that— And why did you decide to go into I want a little more background. What was the— you oh. know, this has been an area yeah. that's been—there's lots of innovative companies in this area. All yeah. Kinds of them. Um, well, I think a big part of it was I had this insane orgasm when I was about eight, uh, 28 years old. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a blended orgasm, and it literally landed me on the floor, and I <laughs> stared at the ceiling for a okay. minute. And All went, right. Okay. Innovation strikes anywhere. Uh, how do yeah. I do that again? So um, I literally started to really dive into the anatomy and physiology of the erogenous zones in females. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a background in healthcare, um, and— It's uh, a bit of an obsession of mine. Mm -hmm. So uh, I started really kind of picking that all apart and figuring out how do you do this? And what I ended up doing is— And what what was the lay of the land when you looked around at the the sector? Yeah, well— I think it was an, it's important to note that there wasn't really any product on the market that really spoke to what we're trying to do now, mm-hmm. um, what ended up becoming this product. Um, I wanted something that um, was completely hands-free mm-hmm. for people with vaginas. Mm-hmm. I wanted something that um, could fit everyone. Mm-hmm. So um, there were no data points mm-hmm. for where folks's uh, where where people's clitorises are, where mm-hmm. their G-spots, the Grafenberg spot is. Um, you can't find that data or that spread of data. So I had to collect that myself. And additionally, we wanted to eliminate the use of vibration mm-hmm. um, in favor of human motion or biomimicry. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to um, replicate the 
the sensations you get with a human partner. And um, so you're approaching it from an entrepreneurial set. Like this yeah. is how people make dating apps or photo apps or things like that. You're doing market <laughs> research. And- yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I actually created a survey and I, I started collecting these data points by email surveys. Um, whoever would talk to me about it, and I wanted to understand. I'm going to interrupt one more time. Yeah. But the history had been there's been a lot of technology. Early porn stuff was it really fueled the internet in the beginning. A lot of sites, oh, yes. which were yeah. and a lot of innovations like. Tinder came from a lot of, I remember a site called m2mforsex.com, a lot of mm-hmm. the early, you know, sample it and then subscribe kind mm-hmm. of stuff. A lot of the conceptual ideas were very clearly, and AOL for sure definitely benefited from sex talk, essentially. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you look not at, just benefited, it really did fuel a lot of, yeah. of the growth of the company. Look at the uh, the VCR versus yeah. Betamax. I mean, right. Betamax lost out because they didn't allow porn on their platform. Right. So, what so technology has always been a part of this. And, and did, had you researched that, the idea of that I, this has been... Uh, not at that time. Mm-hmm. Not when I first started. It didn't really become, because I, like I said, I have a, a healthcare background. I was more concerned with um, the uh, anatomy and physiology and the, the the workings of it, like how it interfaced with a human interface. So it, um, at that time, it didn't really occur to me. I just knew that there was a dearth of um, technology that spoke to female physiology mm-hmm. and how those products worked. They had, there was a, there's a ton of stuff that's like one size fits all. And you and I both know that nobody, mm-hmm. like there are no two people are the same. So um, when I started realizing there just wasn't a product like this, uh, I just started doing designs for it. And I started uh, creating ideas around this and what I wanted that perfect product to look like. And it— Did you have funding? uh, Not at that time. Um, I started gathering all that data. And then um, right after I founded the company, um, I started uh, pulling in funding. And that was actually— Part of what made this possible was a partnership with Oregon State University, because if I mean if you're going to go create a, a, mm-hmm. a new mechanical object or or project like that, it's extremely capital intensive. Mm-hmm. Um, engineering is period. So uh, I sat down with uh, John Parmigiani from the Oregon State University Prototype Development Lab, mm-hmm. and. At first, I told him my— Can you my, explain what that is for people who don't understand prototype? Or, uh, Not just Oregon State, but in general, what uh, that entails. You're making something proof oh, prototype. of concept. Yeah, so it's uh, what what John helped us do. We're, we're creating a product from basically from conception all the way to you have something in hand. It may not be pretty, but it works. And mm-hmm. that proof of concept mm-hmm. is what— generally is going to allow you to um, uh, file for a patent or uh, protect your IP. Mm -hmm. Um, And at that point, if you can say, yes, I've created it, yes, it works, um, then you can protect yourself. Sure. And uh, that's what we were aiming to do uh, when I sat down with John. And, you know, all of the, my experiences aside, he would, you know, he's like, I'm not sure about the application, but Mm -hmm. when I handed him a document that had 52 engineering requirements to, in order to uh, create the product, he went, that's something we can do. So he gathered a team at Oregon State who, Oregon State happens to be one of the top four robotics uh, mm-hmm. programs in, in the country. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had a, a team of engineers that specialize in robotics. Um, I've got, actually, I was speaking to Dr. Ada Rhodes Short this morning, who mm-hmm. is our mechatronics engineer. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's a PhD with, that specializes in robotics. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, she was one of the first folks on the team. And we started creating that product and throwing down the designs and creating proof of concept. And we, by the time I, we kind of wrapped up that industry-sponsored research project with Oregon State, we'd filed five patents. Mm-hmm. Um, we just finished filing another four, three, 
four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're on, uh, we're on eight patents, and we're talking about filing a few more mm-hmm. um, in order to protect that IP. All right, let's talk about the product. What mm-hmm. product then you create? Because robot, you're talking about robotics. Mm-hmm. Explain what the product is. So um, what we're trying to elicit is a blended orgasm. In mm-hmm. order to do that, you need to stimulate both the clitoris, the part that you do see, um, and the Grafenberg spot, which is actually associated with the clitoris. It's mm-hmm. part of it. It's all a, a part of the same erogenous tissue. Mm-hmm. Most people really don't don't understand that. Mm-hmm. It's about the size of a half avocado and shaped like a wishbone, the mm-hmm. clitoris. Um, and it actually lies underneath the external internal internal labia. And what we're trying to do is stimulate the whole thing from the part that you do see all the way to the part you don't see on the internal um, vaginal canal on the anterior wall. And so the product goes inside. It actually swells and conforms to fit to the individual user. Mm-hmm. And we've created a sweeping motion, mm-hmm. um, kind of like a come hither mm-hmm. uh, that goes <laughs> over that the G spot. I love that right? term. I just love the term. <laughs> so that sweeps over the G spot. And what we've done is we've created a range of where most people's G spots lie. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're sweeping over that range. And then it uh, flexes over the top of the clitoris to uh, stimulate the clitoris touchlessly and delivers a uh, additional sensation to the entire body or the corpus of the clitoris. Right. So we're stimulating the whole thing in a hands-free platform uh, without the use of vibration. Right. And why is that? What was that? I, I, I'm really interested in the actual technology of this because I'm a technology writer. Yeah. But go ahead. Why are we eliminating mm-hmm. vibration? Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it was uh, in favor of the use of biomimicry. Mm-hmm. Um, penises don't vibrate. Mm-hmm. Hands don't vibrate. Right. And um, I did not have... Well, in movies they do, in like like Marvel movies. (laughs) Right, right. Uh, You know, I didn't have this kind of orgasm um, Mm -hmm. using a vibrator. um, Mm -hmm. And and we wanted something that uh, was much more biological in nature. And Mm -hmm. in order to do that, we had to create micro-robotics that utilize biomimicry. Um, Why had previous technologies been around vibration? Did you have, do you have any you, idea? I mean, we know that they they started creating vibrators as early as the 1920s uh, for medicinal purposes. And that was, ironically, then uh, used to treat hysteria mm-hmm. in women. Um, of course, we everything looks like hysteria in women mm-hmm. then. So right. another thing is that they the vibrator was actually, I think, the, the fourth or fifth electronic uh, device that mm-hmm. was actually a household item. Yeah, that's what I was trying to get. Yeah. I didn't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. And what that's done, though, is it's also vibrators have... Um, vibrators are great, though. I mean, they've pioneered the way to miniaturizing motors. Mm-hmm. I mean, basically, a vibrator is just a motor with a spindle with an offset cam, mm-hmm. and you turn it on, and it vibrates. Um, so it's, I, I think vibrators are great. They have their place, um, but... Uh, so you're looking for the latest but technology. I want, yeah, I yeah. want, I want. that's what I wanted. I wanted that biomimicry. I wanted that um, that real partner feel. Mm-hmm. So, and inside the device, could you explain, give it sort of a broad sense of what's in there, what you're using from technology point of view? Um, we can't right now because... Um, but I mean, it's we, a we, sweet, it's not a vibration, it's a movement. Yes. So it's, it's a robotic movement. Yes, it okay. is. Okay. Yeah. And then, and then it moves. It gets bigger and smaller. Correct. So. Yes, it, it it does. It gets bigger. And, and in no one had to, done this. No one had innovated in this. Um, not in the way that we have. No. Mm-hmm. Um, you've seen some things on the market that are are close, maybe mm-hmm. similar. Um, but all of these functions, all all four of these functions, all into one tiny package, mm-hmm. is what was really special about this. Um, and and no one's really gone to the extreme 
of really trying to understand what the physiology, the human physiology looked like right. and how you can speak to that with and, microbiome. And how much funding had you gotten for this? $1.1 million. From? Um, it's uh, routed through an organization called the Oregon Opportunity Zone Limited Partnership Okay. Um, that we created after uh, federal law uh, created the Opportunity Zones in mm-hmm. Oregon. It happens to be that they are right in the middle of some really great uh, places downtown Portland mm-hmm. is one of them. Downtown Corvallis mm-hmm. and downtown Bend. So, all of our what they're trying to do there. is get startups, get startups, yeah, and, and all that's kinds really of really attractive yeah. to uh, to investors because what that fund does is when you when you invest capital gains, mm-hmm. those cap gains sit in that fund um, as as investments in mm-hmm. in ten years. When you pull them out, there's no taxation. So you were part of the, these programs that are trying to encourage yes. entrepreneurship in yeah. different areas besides Silicon Valley and other places. Oh the, yeah, a lot of cities yeah. are doing this. Yeah. In addition, we actually took on um, this. We just got the grant for. Um, Oregon State's business organ, business mm-hmm. development organ. We got a phase zero grant for hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars um, because not for not just the technology, um, not just for a sex toy application. We are actually probably the first uh, company that's creating a sex toy to get a a, a state funded grant. Mm-hmm. But we're creating jobs, right? And we're creating new technology, right? And, those, and that technology has other applications outside of just what our application and is. And there had there been any problem with these when you get them, even though you're no. the first? No, 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 not there, not, not at all. There. Well, no reaction. I mean, obviously. People make smiles, jokes. smiles. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. why not? It's jobs. It's making yeah. things. Yeah, sex toys have been around yeah, forever. We had, we've had folks in the in the lab. They've mm-hmm. seen what we're doing, and um, they see it as innovative. Mm-hmm. They don't bat an eye at it. All right. So when we get back, we're going to talk about what happened when you brought it to CES, which is the <laughs> let's define it. It's used to be, and it thinks it continues to be the center of where new technology introduced, and it did for a long time. A lot of this, it's a year-round thing now uh, with people introducing technologies, but it's a huge show in Las Vegas held every year in January where tech companies gather, many, many tech companies gather, television, everything from televisions to just everything. Just mm-hmm. everything is there, TVs, phones, um, screens, all kinds of stuff, game, gaming things. Even sex toys. Even sex toys. And uh, we're going to talk with CEO Laura Haddock, uh, who is the CEO of Laura DiCarlo, and what happened to her there when we take a quick break. Did you know the Capital Ideas podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea? Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. 
We're here with Laura Haddock. She's the CEO of Laura DiCarlo. So you, you, you have this thing. You create a startup. And how many people are you employing? Currently, um, we're at about we're ten. We're hi- we're in the middle of hiring right now, so right. we're looking, looking for all kinds of right robotics people. <laughs> yes, we've got engineers. Designers. I have a mechatronics engineer, senior mechatronics engineer. We just hired on a new director of engineering, who's a thirty-year veteran in uh, mechanical engineering, Kim Porter out mm-hmm. of Bend, um, and she's helped seen she's seen products from uh, uh, concept to fruition mm-hmm. multiple times over. She's right. amazing, right? And and hardware is hard. <laughs> like it's, it is. I mean, it's I very to make hard. A like I said, it's, it's extremely capital intensive. Right. Exactly. And most people who do hardware, like from everything from the Fitbit to other things, have very tough going. Yeah. Not just to sell it yeah. and market it, but to create and, and oh, yeah. rather than software, which is just repeats itself over and over, no additional cost. So it's a long road. And so it requires a lot of not just money, but also fortitude. And when you get awards like this, it's a big deal, an innovation award. It's extremely big so deal. So tell me what happened. Tell, tell um, the story. So we we had applied in about uh, I believe in September and we received the award in October. Um, the process that you have to go through, which is um, you have to get vetted by the CTA. Your company has to get vetted, and then your product has to get vetted, and then they pass it along to a panel of expert judges. So we had experts in robotics and drones reviewing our product, and they said, "Yes, this deserves an honorary uh, honorary innovation award mm-hmm. in robotics and drones." And they bestowed that award upon us, and we were ecstatic. Um, I have a large team of engineers who felt very validated by mm-hmm. this. Um, the CTA. So what are you in the drone area? That's interesting. Well, it's robotics and drones. drones. Okay. It's, it's, yeah, they, they lump everything, and that's now, the where one we category. Put these if you're a robot or you're a drone, yeah. like you're going in that category. Right. Um, and we know that CES has been or or poses itself to be a pioneer in technology. I mean, they're they're. Had you been? I hadn't been mm-hmm. before. Um, what did I, you do before? I was. <laughs> I've been in healthcare for about ten to twelve years. Okay. Every everywhere from front of house to back of house, nursing. Mm-hmm. Um, I was pre med at Portland State. Okay. And uh, ended up going to Norwich University on a full ride scholarship with the Navy. Um, mm-hmm. Prior to that, and. Uh, I was pre-med at the time uh, mm-hmm. when I started the business, and I decided I didn't want to spend another 10 years <laughs> still yeah. to finish med Good school. Choice. So, so you, you got this possibility of an award, and? Mm-hmm. Um, so they... They gave us the award, and we started planning for it. Um, we, we put a PR plan together uh, to be there at CES and to basically do our soft unveiling mm-hmm. um, at CES, and we were extremely excited about it. And then as you're, when, you, when you apply and you get the award, they give you mm-hmm. showcase spot. Right. Um, so if you want to be in the showcase, you also have to be on the exhibitor floor. So mm-hmm. we were applying for the exhibitor floor. You have to pay for that. So... Uh, we were going through the rigmarole there. These are booths. People, yes, people they're, who don't yes. know, they're booths like any other convention. Yes. Right. And so if you want that, you have to apply for the exhibitor space, the booth. And that's when we got flagged. They said, well, you're an adult product. Wait, do you, it, this has to do with vaginas. We can't do this. Mm-hmm. No. Um, um, and they flagged they us. Said and they said vaginas. It, well, they said it's an adult product. Right. And the thing that we thought was strange is there are a number of adult products on their floor, exhibiting mm-hmm. on their floor. Mm-hmm. So Such that as. was our first flag. Um, you'll see Naughty America. They do right, VR Naughty. porn. Oh, yeah, him. Yeah. There's also a company called uh, Oh My Bod. They mm-hmm. do uh, vibrators and, and sexual stimulators. And uh, we've seen a couple of products in the past, um, one called Little Bird by Bee Sensory, um, a really neat idea that was uh, connected to an e-reader, mm-hmm. um, and right. uh, some okay. other products that have won. Yeah. And so, so, so they had done this before, and they do have, they have had a lot. And 
actually, years ago, mm-hmm. the, the the pornographic uh, show, ABN. yeah, the, what is it called? The uh, adult, adult Video Network right. and and CTA uh, and the CES show was at the same the, time. They which were was always, the same show. Yeah, ex- they weren't at the same time. Right. They were the same oh, show. Oh, they were. Oh, okay. yes. I didn't, they they were, used to be in the yeah. same building, same right. show. It That's was right. because of the advent of um, a video technology in, mm-hmm. in the VCR. The VCR made its um, mm-hmm. made its debut there, mm-hmm. and so um, slowly. They they started to part ways. They literally started to divide down down the show floor, and then mm-hmm. porn went to the back, and and CES they went were to in the front. Different. They were, and in then they different. split. Then mm-hmm. they split venues, mm-hmm. and then they started splitting further further and further away in time. Right um, now, they're two completely separate shows. Absolutely, but the shows were they were at the same time. We're we're oh we're there when they mm-hmm. were when they after they had split. You would see it was yeah. it was fascinating For actually time, at the yeah. time, and you would wander into one because it was one of the halls. That yeah. you had. but it was great. <laughs> It was actually kind of cool. I remember mm-hmm. thinking this is kind of neat, and it, yeah. it's, they are adjacent in yeah. terms of businesses. And it was often even a running joke there, if, if yes. you recall. You yeah, know I what I mean? Um, yeah, I've heard stories. So, uh, one of my friends who was a, an engineer at, um, was like, "Whoa, are you a porn star?" And she was like, "Thank you, thank you so much." <laughs> <laughs> they were like, uh, "Such yeah, a compliment." We we, uh, we showed up at Avian last yeah. year, and they were like, "Are you talent?" We're like, "Yeah, no, we're just we have tech." Tech. Um, so you, they had had it before. That the point. They they had been comfortable they, with this. Yeah, before. And, they, and they had it at that time. So right. They so they said we couldn't exhibit, and then we said, okay, well, how are we going to get in the showcase? And then they went quiet for a couple of days, and then they sent us a letter saying, uh, "We're sorry, we're going to rescind your award. Mm-hmm. We're taking your award away because um, they cited words like immoral, obscene, what? profane. What? Yes. And um, my immediate reaction was, how is how is vaginal sexual health and wellness profane? Mm-hmm. And who said profane? The CTA. Mm-hmm. Okay. They, they sent us a letter mm-hmm. um, citing those specific words. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when you have a company called Naughty America, like mm-hmm. naughty is synonymous with right. with immoral or profane. And uh, that doesn't quite make sense. So um, we, we said as much to them. We sent mm-hmm. uh, letters directly back to them citing that it was, you know, their decision was was arbitrary. Mm-hmm. It was extremely capricious. And, and additionally, we thought it was extremely biased um, considering what they had on the floor. And they they returned back to us saying that, well, never mind, forget we said that. There was just a misunderstanding. You should have never gotten this far in the first place. Mm-hmm. And that, A misunderstanding? A misunderstanding. By whom? Gary Shapiro. Right. Okay. But yeah. what he And the CTA. It had gone straight up, yeah. straight up the, the ladder, the guy straight to the, the head of the CTA. Mm-hmm. And what was interesting, it wasn't the expert judges that rescinded our award. Right. It was the administrators. Yeah. So the administrators were were deciding what was innovative. Right. So at that point, which was the way it should be, right? Right. Of course. Right. Of course. Right. Um, okay. Same thing in art. So at that point, we said that's absolutely ridiculous because mm-hmm. we went through your vetting process. Your expert judges gave us the award, and now you're taking it back. Mm-hmm. How did it? How is it a misunderstanding? It thought it got right. this far when right. they and then they said again. Forget everything. You are banned from the show, and you are not. You don't qualify for any category ever at all whatsoever. End of story. Why had they had they never given a sex toy an award or not? Yeah, they have. Yeah, they have. Right. They've, they'd a uh, French company called B Sensory. Mm-hmm. Uh, the product was called Little Bird. Um, they had given another award to a product um, that was produced by the company Oh My Bod mm-hmm. and uh, Kegel Exercisers um, and multiple other products, but. Um, um, somehow this is this is where the buck stopped. And do you know why that is? If that's they the never gave us a 
they never gave us an, a, a true reason. And then after they said we weren't qualified for any um, category mm-hmm. whatsoever, um, John Parmigiani at Oregon State sent them a letter saying, this does qualify. Mm-hmm. It is a robotic product. Mm-hmm. It, and in fact, qualifies for many of your mm-hmm. other categories. Mm-hmm. And they never responded. Never responded. Okay. And you did you ever get to the bottom of why they did that? No. They released a statement to the press uh, saying... After everything had been leaked and Mm -hmm. we started getting coverage, um, saying that we told them we were sorry two months ago, we said we were sorry, and they never qualified, that's it. And it was that was that was all we heard from them. Okay. So at this point, I would. This is just. Yeah. I'm going to interrupt. This was a group of people that did a. I'll never forget this. When I was at CS, they did a whole display of pink colored devices for women. Um, mm-hmm. Do you remember that? That was yeah. just horrifying. When yeah. I walked into, I was like, "What?" Yeah, because like, women love pink. I love rhinestones yeah, I mean, too. It was I mean, just insane. It was an great. insane <laughs> display. Like, let's get. And the whole push was to get more women involved. Yeah. But they they did pink colored <laughs> devices, and I, I literally was like. I will never come here again. Oh, yeah. This is just who is thinking yeah. up this crap? Essentially, uh, not not women. No. <laughs> uh, so so anyway, so so they never gave you an explanation, and then you just didn't go. Well, we didn't go to CES. We actually right. went to uh, Showstoppers, which is a press event at CES, mm-hmm. and uh, we did our release there. And you know what happened at the end of the show is. Uh, IHS Market Innovation Awards ended up mm-hmm. giving us a uh, honorary innovation award in robotics and drones. Mm-hmm. Go all figure. Right. So you went to some of the things, the side things that, mm-hmm. that were there. There's all kinds yes. of, for those who don't know, there's all kinds of side things in the ballroom. You know, press release press, shows. And, press release yeah. shows, which are good, which are actually, yeah. they gather these companies. One is called Showstoppers. The other, um, I was trying to remember the name. Oh. There's, a, there's bunches of them. I can't remember the name. Showstoppers. Of it. Yeah, Showstoppers is the one we ended up. Yeah. yeah, but what you do is you pay to be there, and then the pre- it's easy for the, and they have food, and the press comes in and oh, looks yeah. at things, yeah. and it's actually somewhat helpful. It's like yeah. living press releases essentially, yeah. and you get to look and stuff like that. And it's actually a very efficient way to look at things because the, the floors are so enormous that you don't. And it, and, and it's many of them have very good selections of mm-hmm. who they pick, even though you pay to be there. They're actually very helpful. They're good at curating it. Um, and so, what was the result then? You went there and then got this attention. Um, we had already done the the leak, so mm-hmm. we had already started getting some attention and uh, getting some um, press coverage. And so we had people walking up to our booths, going, "Oh my gosh, you're here! <laughs> oh my gosh, that's yeah. the product! Yeah. Oh wow!" Yeah. And um, it it kind of exploded at that point. And like I said, the um, Showstoppers uh, is also uh, put on in partnership with uh, IHS Market Innovations out of the UK, and they they gave us an award for robotics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And one of the things they said when they walked away was, we promise we won't take this one back. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, we so were, what oh, impact thanks. did it have on you? You got a lot of press. I mean, any, everything's a marketing opportunity in a lot of ways. Um, for, you know, it, they couldn't have done us a bigger favor. Yeah. Because we know exactly, we know that this product is innovative. It's technologically innovative. What we're doing and how we're processing, the process by which we're creating mm-hmm. itself is innovative. We're iterating on a daily basis. Right. Um, our team is very dialed in. Mm-hmm. And we kind of, we look at CES and yes, um, they do poise themselves as pioneers in innovation and, and you know, it's kind of the show to be at each year. And I'm not mad. Mm-hmm. I'm not upset. Um, I, I would welcome a conversation with them. I would mm-hmm. I would welcome the, the ability to sit down with the CTA and help them figure out how to move forward. Because the fact is, if they don't move forward with products like mine and with female innovators, with people people of color, with uh, with minorities, with the LGBTQ community, mm-hmm. um, they're going to get left behind. Mm-hmm. These people are innovating. 
and they're going to get left right. behind. When you have an entire like section of an entire demographic all by itself, and those are the only people that are allowed to be there to innovate, mm-hmm. then you lose out on so many other possibilities. Right, right. And they use the excuse of sexual adult, whatever. Like I said, like where did where did we get VHS from? Where did right. we get um uh how do you pay for things on the internet? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. where do you think that started from? That was that started in porn. Absolutely. All of it. I yeah. people don't know. I, I have said this so many times, a bright line. There yeah. was a there was a woman innovator and in who I brought to CES actually for I did an interview with her and I'm blanking. She was the most downloaded woman on the internet, but she was also <laughs> brilliant. Um what was her name? Uh, anyway, she was very early pioneer all this yeah. and she was Absolutely brilliant in conceptual ideas around the internet. And it was downloadable porn, all kinds of things. Yeah. And I brought her to a session at CES, and all I had was guys snickering. And I was like, are you stupid? This woman, has, her ideas are brilliant, and she runs circles around you. And mm-hmm. Danny, Danny, someone, the most talented. Anyway, it just was, she was way ahead of her time in terms of stuff. Um, <laughs> in any case, but they were snickering, and I was like, oh, God, listen, stop. Get away from sex, right. you know, because you're all like teenage boys. Oh, yeah. And actually, my kids are teenage boys. They're not like this. <laughs> um, and and it was amazing. I remember thinking, what a bunch of idiots. This woman's saying yeah. things that are very smart yeah. that they should well, listen to. Well, I mean, to. CES has had issues with, mm-hmm. with being with being able to make women or, or people outside of mm-hmm. white, cis, male, straight males feel comfortable mm-hmm. at CES. Yeah. And the biggest problem there isn't isn't the products particularly. Yes, a whole wall of pink is pretty atrocious. Mm-hmm. But the problem is it's how men act around sex mm-hmm. more so than the products themselves that makes that make most people uncomfortable. Yeah, I would um, agree. All right, when we get back, we're going to talk about that and where you're going as a company. Uh, we're here with Laura Haddock. She's the CEO of Laura DiCarlo. She tangled with CES when she brought her uh, sex toy startup there, won an award, and then they rescinded it and have yet to really explain why they did so. We'll be right back. Support for this show comes from Slack. You're a growing business, and you can't afford to slow down. If anything, you could probably use a few more hours in the day. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles, and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Support for this podcast comes from Constant Contact. If you're a business owner, you already know that it's really, really hard to cut through the noise of everyday life. If you want to connect with your customers, you need to break through the noise. You need Constant Contact. Constant Contact is a marketing platform that makes it easy to reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and connect over email, text, social media, and more. Whether you're a marketing guru or just learning the ropes, Constant Contact offers writing assistance tools and automation features that make it simple to say the right thing at the right time. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. 
We're here with Laura Haddock, the CEO of Laura DiCarlo. She runs a company that has a sex toy. It's a mechanical sex toy trying to innovate in the area. Um, she won an innovation award at CES, which is the Consumer Electronics Show. It's the biggest show in technology. Um, and they rescinded it for reasons unknown. Uh, well, sort of known, besides them being... I don't know why. I can't. Are they prudes? Are they just stupid? It's just hard to say. So we're talking about this. And one of the things you brought up in the last thing is, is the bigger picture of women in technology. Uh, you're probably one of the few women CEOs in technology. Um, there's so many, so few, especially in startups. Yeah. Well, I mean, the fact is um, only about 2% of, of all female founders end up, uh, entrepreneurs end up with VC funding. Mm-hmm. And 0.2% of that are minorities, people of color. Right. And uh, 2%. All VC funding, and mm-hmm. and it's, I, I think that spread in itself um, describes the the dearth of female representation, of queer representation, um, non-binary people, people of color, minorities, marginalized. Um, yes, completely. And when when you have so little um, diversity mm-hmm. in technology, you end up with things like hiring processes or hiring AI that mm-hmm. that, that discriminates against women. Mm-hmm. Um, you end up with companies that don't make as much money if they if they had actually started including women. Right. Because they're only marketing to a very small segment, a very small demographic that uh, looks like them. Right. And you're missing out on a huge opportunity. I mean, uh, where women spend, where we spend our money, 70% of that comes from the female end of the household. Right. We make 80% of the buying decisions, and you're only marketing to the male side. Right. It, it, so it why do you sense. think that is? I, I mean, I have an idea of why it is, but I'd love to know your thoughts on it. Uh, to me, I mean, I'm uh, I'm in my 30s. I've seen, like, I've talked to my mother about this. I mean, she she burned her bra mm-hmm. when— Did uh, she actually? She actually burned her bra. Mm-hmm. So I, I grew up in a very uh, feminist-friendly household mm-hmm. and um, wasn't really exposed to a lot of this until later in life when I started mm-hmm. realizing, wow, there's a huge divide between men and women where my ability to make choices about my body, where my ability— to to date someone and not be called a slut mm-hmm. um, are are concerned and and it kind of it it passes through to everything it passes through to to business to technology um, mm-hmm. even in healthcare and women actually spend a, as much as twenty minutes longer waiting for medication mm-hmm. than men do mm-hmm. but to me it's old guard it's been this way for a long time and. It's just something that that we've been used to, and I think a lot of the people that are in positions of power, that C-suite, the manager, the people of power that are holding the keys, that are guarding the doors, they're they're men. Mm -hmm. And it's not—I think on an individual basis, they're actually very amenable to and and want to allow diversity on an individual basis. But as a group, it seems that people tend to— want to allow others in that look like them, that right. talk like them, that yeah. have the same education as them. Right. And it's I call it a meritocracy. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, and, and you also had something that was a little titillating to them in some way, it's for some reason. Yeah. You know, it's a mechanical device is and what it is. Something like that can also be, it's a little frightening. It's right. a little off-putting. Right. Um, and it's aimed at women. Yes, it's a yeah. product aimed, which is what you're marketing to, correct? It's not. Well, we're um, we want to be as inclusive as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not it's not that we realize that well, it's hard. Our, Men don't have vaginas, from what I understand. Well, but they do buy for their partners. Yes, yes they do. A exactly, good, a good percentage of That's them right. do buy That's for their right. partners. Right. And I've had a number of older white males come to me and say, "Hey, I really." Um, 
I appreciate my partner. I'm not um, I'm not intimidated by this product, and I want to get it for her. Right, right. And that I I think that's what I was talking about when the individual. I think uh, generally on on a on an individual basis, they do right. make the right decisions. But as a group, so um, how do you change that from your perspective? I won't shut up. Right, right. <laughs> um, I'm just going to keep driving ahead mm-hmm. at this point, and um, I think that's how we've gotten this far in the first place. Mm-hmm. Every time somebody has kind of looked at me a little funny, like, "Are you sure you're gonna you're gonna do okay with that?" Or, mm-hmm. "Oh, oh, that's a cute idea that you're starting a cute. business." Do they yes, use the word cute? I've been, yeah, the oh, word man. "cute" has been used. I hate um, that word. You know, when I I uh, I'm a part of the Portland Accelerate program in mm-hmm. uh, our our Accelerate Fund Portland program, and that's uh, a collection of uh, female and female facing entrepreneurs, CEOs, and founders. It's a cohort helping those people trying to right. really get a hold of their business. Right. And we, this we is told, advice and things like that. Yeah, it's, 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 it's like oh, a class. It's class. fabulous. Yeah. So we uh, we told that entire group were what we were going to do, that we were going to do this leak mm-hmm. and we were going to blow this blow mm-hmm. blow this up, blow the lid off the whole thing mm-hmm. and and expose it. And the reaction we got from the whole room was that's great, but aren't you afraid that somebody's gonna call you bitchy mm-hmm. or whiny mm-hmm. or are you are you afraid that somebody's gonna pull your funding? Mm-hmm. And those are all very real possibilities. Right. But I don't care. Right. We need Has to that say happened? something. Nope. No. No, I mean, you get trolls. Mm-hmm. You're going to get people that are going to be like, oh, you know, she's just being bitchy mm-hmm. or she's just being whiny. I'm sorry if I was a man and I was doing mm-hmm. this. Um, You'd be bold. Oh, yes. Let's yeah. think about Jeff Bezos be last week. Oh. A hero. <laughs> a hero yeah. for exposing you. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, I've read a bunch of those tweets, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Some of them were very funny. Yeah. Uh, let's be honest. It was, it was funny. Very uh, sincere. <laughs> yes, it was. Oh, the tweets. I wrote a whole column in the New York Times about I, I it. it. I was I They were just... It's, they were. They were very sweet. Uh, it was shockingly right. sweet. Um, <laughs> thank you. Um, so I, I wrote about him twice in two weeks about his penis. It was really quite something. And in the New York Times, I was like, never in my life did I feel I would reach this peak of, of journalistic excellence. Um, but actually, this week, I'm writing about the Amazon headquarters, which was not quite the— Oh, Yeah. I know that she had she had a bit of a hand in that. She did. She tweeted the heck out of him. I just love her. Yeah, so do I. I mean, really, let's be honest. Yeah. She's fantastic. She's like, speaking of Xena Warrior Princess. Oh, right. Um, so uh, nobody remembers that who's under a certain uh, age. I do. All right, I, okay, I identify with that, yes, actually. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I, 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 whatever, her yell, whole thing, the whole weird Gabrielle relationship. Oh, yes, yeah. So anyway, well, we won't get into that. Um, <laughs> so you're, you're continue. What is your plans going forward? Let's finish up talking. Um, about what are you going to do? So I think it's really important you're to know that— You're still in Portland. Yes. Well, we're actually in Bend, Oregon. Okay, all right. Uh, we're in Bend, Oregon. We also have an engineering lab in Corvallis. It's right mm-hmm. next to Oregon State right. University. A lot goes on there. I think Nike's there, right? Uh, there's a lot of innovation. Nike's in Portland. Oregon. It's out of Portland. It's in Beaverton. It's in Beaverton, that's Beaverton, right. Beaverton, yes. So there's a lot of innovation in Portland. People forget that Portland's yes, yeah, got a lot yeah. of really fantastically large very companies. And technology, and also technology. Technology. Yes, you know what I mean. Yes. I mean, you don't think of Nike as technology, but Intel's there. Oh, all kinds is. of all kinds of yeah. companies I mean, are there. You're, you're big creating and small. things. Yeah, um, but it is a very sex positive community mm-hmm. as well, um, which yes, is, it is which is nice. Very nice donuts um, too. I, I think it it is really important to note though that um, I think I'm I'm always going to try to look at things from a, a more positive light, I suppose. And I, I think CES in the CTI still has an opportunity to mm-hmm. turn this around. What I would think you like from them? I would love to sit down at the table with them and talk to them about how they how they promote better diversity, how they talk about sex in a way that is not 
immoral, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that's not profane. And I would love to see them turn that around. And I would love to work with them on on some guidelines about how they do that. You know what's profane? That. The Facebook portal. But go ahead. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's profane. Someone gave me one, and I think I threw it in oh, someone's geez. head. Um, so, so you'd like to sit down with them and talk about it and yeah. try to help them get there. Yeah. You know, interestingly, Gary wrote me a note because I said something negative about CES, and he's like, we should talk. And so maybe we will have that happen. Mm, that would be Let's see if we would do it. And, and if what, they, if what we could they do? What could um, they do? What could that group do? Because it's just one group, and it's just a com- It's just a big you event. You know, I, I, like having this this biased um, rejection. Uh, just it, it it didn't make any sense, and it's just mm-hmm. going to blow up in their faces, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think laying down some guidelines about what kind of um, what kind of products and what kind of companies um, mm-hmm. and and how you how you market right on the floor that right. makes sense if they want right. to keep things um, a little bit more uh, PG mm-hmm. that makes more sense to me right. and really I, I, allowing a certain amount of, of companies in mm-hmm. um, that fall within this category because the last thing I want to see is a whole wall of pink right right again. or something like that um, well you also don't want to be put in an area right no I don't right. And, right. and I think that's really important the last thing I want to do is be allocated or segregated to a corner right. and and have AVN start all over again the fact right. is th- some of these products are very innovative mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they they do deserve awards yeah um, you don't want to be the back with the people who make those twinkly lights you know all those people in the way right back. right or, I love or, that area. or cell phone covers yeah, yeah cell phone there's covers. plenty of those yeah I think there are plenty of ways for them to approach this um but truly if they weren't to do anything I mm-hmm. I'm gonna move on right our, our company so is where do you on. go as a small company to get attention and stuff right now it's uh, we have a great opportunity to continue talking about this dearth of female um, non-binary and mm-hmm. minority representation within tech and within business because of what's happened. Um, I've actually been invited to speak at South by Southwest. Mm-hmm. I'll be speaking at Muse Conference out of Bend, uh, Muses for uh, women and, and young women and girls. And I'll be speaking at uh, Forbes Women in Tel Aviv mm-hmm. uh, end of March. Getting the message out. Yes. And here. Yeah. And here too. Yeah. And I think that's, that's really important. So we're going to use that platform and What's really amazing about that is, you know, I'm I'm not a woman of color. Mm-hmm. I'm Sicilian, but um, I, it allows us a platform for us to lift others up and lift their voices up, and for them to be able to talk about, um, you know, what they're doing. So I want to take that opportunity. I want to I want to be able to 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 tackle that. And what about and the company? The company itself. We're going to be releasing. Um, we're going to be releasing the product in What's Q3. What's the product's name? Osei. Osei? Yes. It Why? means risque okay. in Italian. Oh, okay. Um, My family's Italian, but I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so we will be releasing that in, in quarter three, so end of fall. Mm-hmm. And we've got a couple of products um, on the roadmap. Actually, um, my director of marketing, Sarah Brown, likes to call it an interstate mm-hmm. uh, roadmap. Mm-hmm. And um, so we've got products for partner play. We've got a couple of lifestyle products that, mm-hmm. we're, that we're hoping to fire off. And down, further down the road, we're hoping to to um, start creating platforms, uh, a developer's toolkit for uh, VR for mm-hmm. our product. So people with vaginas can also mm-hmm. experience VR. Right. I think it's a uh, side note, really interesting to note that uh, Naughty America, we had somebody that actually went to their booth and they asked her, do you want the male perspective or the female perspective? And mm-hmm. she was elated and said, mm-hmm. oh, wow, you have a female perspective. Mm-hmm. I want to see the female perspective. And then she put on the goggles and you know what she saw? What? Two women having sex. Oh. So, um, so our, I know the guy it's our intent to actually company. truly create something yeah. for everyone. Right. And that's really a big part of our mission is the inclusivity. Our values as a company are respect and empowerment and integrity. And that mm-hmm. spans gender, that spans preference, that spans color. And that's 
incredibly important to us. Absolutely. I'll end on that because that's a fantastic way to look at it. Laura, it was great having you on the show. Thank Thank you for coming and good luck with your product. Thank you all for listening. You can find uh, more episodes of Recode Decode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. And please tell a friend about the show. You can follow me on Twitter at Kara Swisher. Laura, where can people find you or your products online? At lordacarlo.com. That's www.lordicarlo.com. We're also on Twitter and Instagram. Okay, great. Uh, now that you're done with this, go check out our other podcasts, Recode Media and Pivot. You can find those shows wherever you found this one. Thanks for listening to this episode of Recode Decode. Thanks to our editor, Joel Robbie, and our producer, Eric Johnson. I'll be back here on Saturday. Tune in then. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.